This is Metabolic Insights from Levels, your source of research-based information about metabolic health. Find this article and more at levelshealth.com forward slash blog. What should your glucose levels be? Here's the ultimate guide to healthy blood sugar ranges. It's difficult to find information about what glucose levels to strive for. We scoured the research literature to determine what's normal for a non-diabetic individual wearing a continuous glucose monitor and give further insights into what glucose levels might be optimal for good health. Authored by Casey Means, MD, and Shamin Richa, MD. What's considered a normal glucose level? Your doctor will likely test your blood glucose levels as a screening test for diabetes during a standard yearly checkup. Additionally, many people track their glucose at home with an over-the-counter finger prick test. When you check blood glucose, also called blood sugar, either at a doctor's office or with a home finger stick glucose monitor, the results are in milligrams, mg, of glucose per deciliter, dl, of blood. One of the most common glucose measurements is fasting plasma glucose, FPG, or fasting blood glucose, FBG, and it's found by checking blood glucose levels after not having any calories at least eight hours before the test. According to the American Diabetes Association, ADA, people can be classified into three categories depending on their fasting plasma glucose levels, normal, pre-diabetes, and diabetes. To be considered normal, fasting glucose must be under 100 mg per deciliter. Post-meal glucose levels are also meaningful, and high post-meal glucose levels can worsen glucose control over time and lead to obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and impaired exercise and cognitive performance. While it is not unexpected for glucose levels to increase after a meal, as the glucose from the meal is released into the blood, if this level is too high, it's not good for health and can predispose one to disease over time. According to the International Diabetes Federation, IDF, guidelines for managing post-meal glucose levels, non-diabetic people should have a glucose level of no higher than 140 mg per deciliter after meals, and glucose should return to pre-meal levels within 2-3 to three hours. Post-meal hyperglycemia, elevated glucose, is defined as a glucose level greater than 140 mg per deciliter 1-2 to two hours after the ingestion of food or drinks. These glucose measurement methods mentioned so far rely on a single point-in-time measurement to determine if your levels are normal. Recent advances in continuous glucose monitoring, CGM technology, allow you to track your glucose levels over a 24-hour period and gain insight into deeper trends associated with health, such as glycemic variability, a measure of the up-and-down swings in glucose throughout the day. However, there are no standardized, universally accepted criteria for what normal 24-hour glucose values are using CGM technology. Scientists are continuing to gather information about glucose levels in healthy people using CGM technology. Of note, CGM devices measure interstitial glucose levels, glucose from the fluid in between cells, compared to blood plasma glucose levels, glucose in the blood, measured in the FPG tests. While interstitial glucose and blood plasma glucose levels correlate highly, they are not precisely the same, and diagnoses are not made from interstitial measurements. Below is a summary overview of data about 24-hour glucose trends in non-diabetic individuals wearing CGM to gain a better understanding of what's normal. CGM Studies in Non-Diabetic Individuals One study from 2009 entitled Reference Values for Continuous Glucose Monitoring in Chinese Subjects 
looked at the glucose levels of 434 healthy, non-diabetic, non-obese adults using CGM and found the following. On average, their daily glucose levels stayed between 70 and 140 milligrams per deciliter for 93% of the day, with very small portions of the day spent above 140 milligrams per deciliter or below 70 milligrams per deciliter. Also, their mean 24-hour glucose levels were around 104 milligrams per deciliter, give or take 10 milligrams per deciliter. One-hour post-meal glucose values average 121 to 123 milligrams per deciliter for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Three-hour post-meal glucose values were around 97 to 114 milligrams per deciliter. Peak post-meal values appeared to be around 60 minutes after eating. Mean fasting glucose was 86, give or take, 7 milligrams per deciliter. Mean daytime glucose was 106, give or take, 11 milligrams per deciliter. Mean nighttime glucose was 99, give or take, 11 milligrams per deciliter. A 2010 study, Variation of Interstitial Glucose Measurements Assessed by Continuous Glucose Monitors in Healthy Non-Diabetic Individuals, looked at a healthy population of 74 individuals that included children, adolescents, and adults during daily living using CGM. This research showed that glucose levels stayed between 71 and 120 milligrams per deciliter for 91% of the day. Levels were lower than 70 milligrams per deciliter for 1.7% of the time and greater than 140 milligrams per deciliter only 0.4% of the time. Mean 24-hour glucose was 98, give or take 10 milligrams per deciliter. Mean fasting glucose of 86, give or take 8 milligrams per deciliter. Compared to the first study mentioned, these healthy, non-diabetic individuals appeared to have a tighter range of glucose, spending the vast majority of the 24-hour period between 71 and 120 milligrams per deciliter. A third study from 2008 entitled Characterizing Glucose Exposure for Individuals with Normal Glucose Tolerance Using Continuous Glucose Monitoring and Ambulatory Glucose Profile Analysis looked at 32 individuals with normal glucose tolerance wearing CGM for approximately 29 days and showed the following findings. Amongst all participants, 24-hour glucose average ranged from 94 mg per deciliter to 117 mg per deciliter. Overall mean glucose level was 102, give or take 7 mg per deciliter. Mean daytime glucose was 105, give or take 8 mg per deciliter. Mean nighttime glucose was 97, give or take 6 mg per deciliter. Participants spent 93% of time between glucose values of 70 and 140 mg per deciliter, with 3% of the time below 70 mg per deciliter on average, and 4% of the time above 140 mg per deciliter on average. Looking at individuals in the study, some spent as little as 0.3% of the time, 4 minutes per 24 hours, at values greater than 140 mg per deciliter. Some healthy individuals in the study spent approximately 2.8 hours per 24 hours at glucose levels less than 70 mg per deciliter and an hour less than 60 mg per deciliter. A fourth study, Continuous Glucose Monitoring Profiles in Healthy Non-Diabetic Participants, a multi-center perspective study from 2019, examined 150 healthy, non-diabetic children and adults aged 7 through 80 with normal mean BMI of 24 give or take 3.2 kilograms per meter squared wearing CGM for up to 10 days. This study showed mean glucose levels of 99 give or take 7 milligrams per deciliter, 
standard deviation of glucose levels of 17, give or take 3 mg per deciliter, zero glucose readings greater than 180 mg per deciliter, 89% of glucose sensor values fell between 70 and 120 mg per deciliter, 96% of glucose sensor values fell between 70 and 140 mg per deciliter. 2.1% of glucose sensor values were greater than 140 mg per deciliter. 1.3% of glucose sensor values were less than 70 mg per deciliter. A 2007 study, Continuous Glucose Profiles in Healthy Subjects Under Everyday Life Conditions and After Different Meals, looked at 21 healthy young individuals using CGM. These participants were between age 18 and 35, had a healthy BMI of 22.6, give or take 1.7 kilograms per meter squared, and were examined eating standardized meals as well as regular meals of their choosing. Mean fasting glucose for these participants was 80 milligrams per deciliter. This study found, under everyday life conditions, mean 24-hour glucose concentration was 89.3, give or take 6.2 milligrams per deciliter range 79.2 to 101.3 mg per deciliter. Mean daytime glucose was 93, give or take 7 mg per deciliter. Mean nighttime glucose was 81.8, give or take 6.3 mg per deciliter. Participants spend around 80% of the time between glucose levels of 59 and 100 mg per deciliter, and only 20% of the time between 100 and 140 mg per deciliter. Glucose was above 140 mg per deciliter for only 0.8% of the day. Mean pre-meal glucose levels were 79.4, give or take 8.0 to 82.1, give or take 7.9 mg per deciliter. Mean time to post-meal glucose peak was between 46 and 50 minutes. Mean peak post-meal glucose levels of 132, give or take 16.7 mg per deciliter at breakfast, 118, give or take 13.4 mg per deciliter at lunch, and 123, give or take 16.9 at dinner. Under standardized meal conditions with a moderately low percentage carbohydrate, 50 grams, 26.8%, high fiber, 12.8 grams, high fat meal, 47 grams, 56.7% fat, and high protein, 30.9 grams, 16.5%, Participants displayed mean peak post-meal glucose levels of 99.2, give or take 10.5 mg per deciliter. Mean post-meal change from baseline of 20.2, give or take 7.2 mg per deciliter. Mean time to peak was 57.5, give or take 24.5 minutes. Finally, the 2018 paper, Continuous Glucose Monitoring is More Sensitive Than HbA1c and Fasting Glucose, in detecting dysglycemia in a Spanish population without diabetes, assessed 254 people with normal glycemic function wearing CGM for two to five days. The mean BMI of these participants was overweight at 27.3, give or take 4.7 kilograms per meter squared. Their results found mean fasting glucose of 84.6, give or take 7.2 milligrams per deciliter. Mean 24-hour glucose was 104.4 mg per deciliter. Mean daytime glucose was 106.2 mg per deciliter. Mean nighttime glucose was 102.6 mg per deciliter. Participants spent 97% of the time between 70 and 140 mg per deciliter. Participants spend 1.6% of the time above 140 mg per deciliter.
9.7% of participants had post-meal, breakfast, and lunch glucose levels that reached greater than 140 mg per deciliter. 12.1% of participants had post-meal, dinner glucose levels that reached greater than 140 mg per deciliter. Summary of Normal Glucose Ranges in summary, based on ADA criteria, the IDF guidelines, a person's glucose values are normal if they have fasting glucose less than 100 mg per deciliter and a post-meal glucose level less than 140 mg per deciliter. Taking into account additional research performed specifically using continuous glucose monitors, we can gain some more clarity on normal trends and can suggest that a non-diabetic, healthy individual can expect fasting glucose levels between 80 and 86 mg per deciliter. Glucose levels between 70 and 120 mg per deciliter for approximately 90% of the day, and to rarely ever go above 140 mg per deciliter or below 60 mg per deciliter. 24-hour mean glucose levels of around 89 to 104 mg per deciliter. Mean daytime glucose of 83 to 106 mg per deciliter. Mean nighttime glucose of 81 to 102 mg per deciliter. Mean post-meal glucose peaks ranging from 99.2, give or take 10.5, to 137.2, give or take 21.1 mg per deciliter. Time to post-meal glucose peak is around 46 minutes to 1 hour. These are not standardized criteria or ranges, but can serve as a simple guide for what has been observed as normal in non-diabetic individuals. Beyond normal goals, what's an optimal glucose level and why does it matter? Exact numbers for what is considered optimal glucose levels to strive for while using CGM to achieve your best health are not definitively established. This is a question that is individual-specific and should be discussed with your healthcare provider. With that said, research shows that there is an increased risk of health problems as fasting glucose increases, even if it stays within the normal range making finding your optimal glucose levels all the more important. While the International Diabetes Federation and other research studies have shown that a post-meal glucose spike should be less than 140 mg per deciliter in a non-diabetic individual, this does not determine what value for a post-meal glucose elevation is truly optimal for your health. All that number tells us is that in non-diabetics doing an oral glucose tolerance test, Researchers found that these individuals rarely get above a glucose level of 140 mg per deciliter after meals. So, while this number may represent a proposed upper limit of what's normal, it may not indicate what will serve you best from a health perspective. Many people may likely do better at lower post-meal glucose levels. Similarly, while the ADA states that a fasting glucose less than 100 mg per deciliter is normal, it does not indicate what value is optimal for health. Lastly, there are no specific recommendations regarding the average glucose levels over a 24-hour period using CGMs. This lack of standardization is likely because CGMs are relatively new and not widely used in a non-diabetic population. The following is a summary of insights. Okay. The following is a summary of insights from our review of research. You should consult with your doctor before setting any glucose targets or changing dietary and lifestyle habits. Fasting glucose goal, 72 to 85 mg per deciliter. Why? Previously, we discussed that the ADA considers normal fasting glucose as anything under 100 mg per deciliter. 
However, multiple research studies show that as fasting glucose increases, there is an increased risk of health problems like diabetes and heart disease, even if it stays within the normal range. The highlights of some of the study results include men whose fasting blood glucose was greater than 85 mg per deciliter had a significantly higher mortality rate from cardiovascular diseases than men with blood sugars less than 85 mg per deciliter, Bjornholt et al. People with fasting glucose levels in the high normal range, 95 to 99 mg per deciliter, had significantly increased cardiovascular disease risk than people whose levels remained below 80 mg per deciliter. Park et al. Children with fasting glucose levels 86 to 89 mg per deciliter had more than double the risk of developing prediabetes and type 2 diabetes as adults when compared with children whose levels were less than 86 mg per deciliter. Nguyen et al. People with fasting glucose levels between 91 to 99 mg per deciliter had a threefold increase in type 2 diabetes risk compared to those with levels less than 83 mg per deciliter. Brambilla et al. Among young, healthy men, higher fasting plasma glucose levels within the normal range constitute an independent risk factor for type 2 diabetes. This means that as fasting glucose increases, even if the level is still considered normal, it could indicate a significantly higher risk of developing diabetes, and this is particularly pronounced if BMI is greater than 30. Tirash et al. Pre-meal baseline glucose goal, 72 to 90 mg per deciliter. Why? In a study looking at healthy, young, non-diabetic adults who had normal BMI, mean of 22.6, give or take 1.7 kg per meter squared, the average pre-meal glucose levels were in the range of 72 to 90 mg per deciliter. Post-meal glucose goal, less than 110 mg per deciliter with no more than a 30 mg per deciliter increase from pre-meal levels. Why? In a study looking at healthy non-diabetic adults, researchers found that the average post-meal glucose peak was 99, give or take 10.5 mg per deciliter, after a standardized balanced meal. In contrast, meals with less fiber and more refined sugars caused a higher post-meal glucose spike, up to an average of 133, give or take 14 mg per deciliter, in the same population. Another study also looking at healthy, non-diabetic adults found an average post-meal spike of approximately 122, give or take 23 mg per deciliter. Taking the standard deviation of these averages into consideration, aiming for a post-meal glucose level of less than 110 mg per deciliter with no more than a 30 mg per deciliter increase from pre-meal levels is a reasonable goal to strive for. Mean 24-hour glucose goal, 79 to 100 mg per deciliter. Why? These numbers represent the mean 24-hour glucose range in a young, very healthy population. We looked at several different studies of non-diabetic populations wearing CGMs, and this was one of the overall healthiest populations under normal living conditions. Therefore, we think that 79 to 100 mg per deciliter is a safe and healthy range to orient towards. Remember, your optimal glucose levels are specific to you, and you should talk with your healthcare provider about your glucose goals. How can continuous glucose monitoring, CGM, help you maintain optimal glucose levels. It is not uncommon for your glucose levels to increase after a meal, 
You just ate food that may contain glucose, and now your body is working on getting it out of the bloodstream and into the cells. We know that we want to prevent excess spiking of glucose levels because studies show that high post-meal glucose spikes over 160 mg per deciliter are associated with higher cancer rates. Spikes are also associated with heart disease. Repeated high glucose spikes after meals contribute to inflammation, blood vessel damage, increased risk of diabetes, and weight gain. Additionally, the data shows that the big spikes and dips in glucose are more damaging to tissues than elevated but stable glucose levels. Therefore, you should strive to keep your glucose levels as steady as possible at a low and healthy baseline level with minimal variability after meals. Keeping your glucose levels constant is more complicated than just following a list of eat this, avoid that foods. Each person has an individual response to food when it comes to their glucose levels. Studies have shown that two people can have different changes in their glucose levels after eating identical foods. The difference can be quite dramatic. One study found that some people had equal and opposite post-meal glucose spikes in response to the same food. So, how do you keep your glucose levels stable? How do you know when you have a sugar spike and which foods caused it? That's where CGM comes into play. Continuous glucose monitoring allows you to see your blood glucose levels in real time and store that data for future reference. This makes CGMs uniquely positioned to help you optimize your diet and lifestyle. Foods affect each person differently, and it's hard to know what your blood glucose is doing at any one time without measuring it. CGMs can give you the data you need to optimize your health. Choosing foods and lifestyle habits that consistently keep average glucose lower and post-meal spikes lower will improve glucose patterns over time. Studies have shown that the information gathered from CGMs can provide more detail and more potential areas for modification than the single glucose level that you get with a glucometer or laboratory blood test. One study looked at sub-elite athletes and found that 4 out of 10 study participants spent more than 70% of the total monitoring time above healthy glucose levels, and 3 of 10 participants had fasting glucose in the pre-diabetic range. Similar results have been found in other studies. One reported that 73% of the healthy non-diabetic participants had glucose levels that were above normal in the range of 140 to 200 mg per deciliter at some point during the day. CGMs can not only give you data on your blood glucose, but they can help you use the data to make changes to your diet and exercise routines. Studies have shown that continuous glucose monitoring can characterize an individual's glucose response to specific foods and, in turn, predict their responses to other foods. This technology can allow individuals to create personalized meal plans that suit their unique metabolic needs and improve glucose control. What are abnormal glucose levels and why do they matter? Why is it unhealthy for glucose levels to be too high, hyperglycemia, or too low, hypoglycemia? Hyperglycemia refers to elevated blood glucose levels. This usually occurs because the body does not appropriately remove glucose from the blood. This can happen due to many complex reasons. Elevated glucose levels can damage blood vessels and nerves over time. This can then lead to problems in the eyes, kidneys, and heart, as well as numbness in the hands and feet. Very high levels can lead to coma and even death in some cases. People with fasting glucose levels higher than 100 mg per deciliter have impaired glucose tolerance and should speak with their healthcare provider. Some people may think that to avoid all these issues, they should just keep their blood glucose levels as low as possible. If too high is bad, then low must be good, right? Not exactly. 
When glucose gets too low, it's called hypoglycemia. The threshold for hypoglycemia is typically thought to be when glucose falls below 70 mg per deciliter. When this happens, the body may release epinephrine, adrenaline, the fight-or-flight hormone, which can lead to a fast heart rate, sweating, anxiety, blurry vision, and confusion, but also helps the body mobilize glucose into the blood. If blood glucose levels stay too low for too long, it can cause seizures, coma, and in very rare instances, death. The Nuances of Low Glucose In a recent study, researchers reviewed the published literature to see if low fasting glucose levels affected healthy people's long-term risks of health problems, like strokes and heart attacks. They found that healthy non-diabetic people who had baseline fasting glucose levels of less than 72 mg per deciliter had a 56% increase in all-cause mortality compared to people with normal fasting blood glucose levels. Also, the risks for heart attacks and strokes were higher in people with baseline fasting glucose levels less than 72 mg per deciliter. This result is likely due to the body releasing more epinephrine to counteract the low glucose levels. Too much epinephrine for too long leads to heart problems. Interestingly, people with low fasting glucose levels of less than 83 mg per deciliter but higher than 72 mg per deciliter did not have an increased risk of future heart attacks and strokes. While there's been an association between low fasting plasma glucose levels and worse health outcomes, it is not clear whether transient dips in glucose levels less than 70 mg per deciliter during a continuous 24-hour period are unhealthy for non-diabetic individuals. Part of the reason that this is unknown is that continuous glucose monitoring is a relatively new technology and has been studied more extensively in diabetic individuals than in healthy individuals. Long-term health outcomes relating to 24-hour glucose profile metrics are still being evaluated. In one study looking at non-diabetic, healthy individuals wearing CGMs over a 24-hour period, data showed that glucose dips below 70 mg per deciliter actually occur quite frequently. In fact, 41% of these healthy individuals experienced glucose levels less than 70 mg per deciliter in a 24-hour period, and the men's levels were below 70 mg per deciliter for 2.7, give or take 6.1% of the 24-hour period, 2.1, give or take 4.4% in women. Based on this data, healthy individuals can reasonably spend an average of 39 minutes with glucose values less than 70 mg per deciliter in men. Furthermore, considering one standard deviation higher than the average, it could reasonably be considered normal to spend up to 126 minutes, 8.8% of a 24-hour period, with CGM-measured glucose values less than 70 mg per deciliter. The clinical significance of these low glucose levels is unknown. Still, research suggests that many healthy individuals wearing CGMs spend some amount of time with glucose levels less than 70 mg per deciliter. Research also shows that glucose levels decrease by an average of 5% during REM sleep compared to non-REM sleep stages, which may contribute to periodic dips seen at night in non-diabetic people. In fact, healthy people who have glucose dips below 70 mg per deciliter have twice as many dips at night as compared to during the day. Additionally, pressure on the CGM sensor from laying on it can cause aberrant low values. Lastly, Glucose dips below 70 mg per deciliter that occur just after a post-meal glucose spike may indicate reactive hypoglycemia, which is an exaggerated insulin response to a high-carbohydrate meal, 
causing an overshoot in the amount of glucose that is absorbed out of the bloodstream and into cells and is not good for health. Again, we don't want high highs and low lows. Stable glucose appears to be better for the body. These glucose dips are typically characterized by symptoms including fatigue and lack of energy. They can be avoided by a low-carbohydrate, low-glycemic eating pattern with reduced post-meal glucose spikes. Even though there's no defined low point for non-diabetic fasting blood glucose levels, keeping your blood glucose levels above a minimum threshold of 72 mg per deciliter may be beneficial for healthy non-diabetic people. Conclusion What does all this mean? It means that while there are well-established normal ranges of fasting and post-meal glucose levels, these don't give clarity into what glucose trends should be throughout a 24-hour period. They also don't specify what ranges are optimal for the best health. Even people with normal glucose levels may be at higher risk of health problems than they realize because of frequent glucose spikes and dips or elevated fasting glucose, even if in the normal range. Your optimal glucose levels depend on many individual factors, and setting those ranges should include a discussion with your healthcare provider. The studies show that keeping your blood glucose in the normal range is important, but also that preventing too many spikes and dips are key to maintaining your health. A personalized dietary and lifestyle plan that promotes metabolic health should also accomplish three main goals. 1. Minimize post-meal increases in glucose levels. 2. Keep glucose levels as stable as possible and minimize swings in glucose throughout the day. 3. Try to keep fasting glucose in the low end of the normal range. Figuring out which diet and lifestyle choices will allow you to achieve these goals is an iterative process. No one-size-fits-all plan works for everyone to keep blood glucose in their optimal range. Continuous glucose monitoring can help you establish your optimal diet and lifestyle choices by serving as a continuous feedback mechanism, closing the loop between specific actions and the body's reaction, and paving the way for improved current and future health. Narrated by Joshua Alexander. Find this article and more at levelshealth.com.